This is a presentation of the Pitch Podcast Network. Hey there, my name is Patrick Moore, and this is KC Top 5, a Kansas City listicle podcast where we make top five lists about Kansas City. On today's show, we have one returning guest and one new friend of the show. The returning guest is Mr. Ben Wint. He is the co-owner of The Rhino. He is the lead vocalist of the band The Way Way Back. He is also a podcast host and producer. And my other guest, it's his first time on the show, hopefully. Hopefully not his last. He is a reporter for KSHB 41, the local NBC News affiliate. He is on very early in the mornings. He's a great dude. He's originally from Philadelphia, but he's been in Kansas City about a year and a half, and he is happy to call this place home. I'm very happy to have Mr. Dan Cohen on the show as well. And in honor of today being the season finale of Ted Lasso, we picked our top five favorite things about Ted Lasso. So before we get to that, I would just like to plug a couple things here real quick. I started producing a podcast for Kansas City Magazine. It is called Kansas City's Only Podcast. It is hosted by their editor-in-chief, Martin Sismar. We're having a lot of fun doing it, so please uh, check it out if you're looking for more Kansas City content in your life. Oh, and before I forget to say this, I just wanted to make a note that I do record this podcast over Zoom, and sometimes technical glitches and things do happen. Ben also recorded outside, which is totally fine. I am not throwing him under the bus, but there are some ambient outside sounds here and there. So if you hear that, that's what that is. Also, his daughter wanted to show off her toys at some point during the show, which, by the way, they were awesome. So if you hear a little girl at some point during the show, that little girl is not coming from my house. I swear to God, that is Ben's daughter. That's what's going on in his window over there. And mark your calendars on Monday, November 22nd at the Screenland Movie Theater. I will be making fun of the movie Twilight with comedian Scott Schaefer and Brittany Tylander, and that's just going to be a lot of fun. We're just going to sit in the front row with microphones and make fun of the first Twilight movie. And it is sponsored by Fresh Karma Dispensary, so if you have any questions about getting your medical marijuana card, that's something you'll be able to do at the show as well. Obviously, you cannot consume marijuana products on the Screenland premises, but I do recommend getting absolutely high as balls before going to see Twilight. I know I'm going to, and I think that'll only uh, add to uh, the experience of the film and make it better. Okay, this is my last plug, I swear to God, but I just got on the media list to review movies, and I saw Ridley Scott's The Last Duel the other night, so look for that review somewhere coming soon. But now, let's get to this. This is KC Top 5 Favorite Things About Ted Lasso with Ben Went and Dan Cohen. I got here like two minutes late and I was going to like introduce you guys, but you guys were already talking and it's like, well, shit, they already got to know each other. Let it roll. We're all good. Let it roll. Yeah. Uh, Number five. And like, I'm wearing the shirt that at one point Ted has on in an episode. It's the uh, Arthur Casey Gates deck shirt. I'm just going to go with the Kansas City references that are in Ted Lasso. That's my number five. They're scattered throughout. You know, he gets the uh, care package with uh, Brian Sauce. Yes. Yeah. I have to agree. I mean, like as somebody who's born and raised here and pretty much my whole life lived in Kansas City, it's really nice. And I think they do it in a pretty subtle way, actually. I think there's probably people who aren't from Kansas City who don't even clock it. You know, they're like, yeah, it's barbecue sauce. And we're like, no, it's it's from uh, Jack Stack or whatever you 
you know, like, yeah. I love it. And it's not just him dipping his pinky in the sauce and tasting it in the office, right? He name drops Brookridge Elementary School. Yep. Yep. It's these <laughs> tiny little niche things that just anyone from around here, there's an extra level of enhancement, I think. And yeah. I'm not from here. I've only lived here for a year and a half. But when I watched it, even I was like, oh, come on, this is too much. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're right. It's like incredibly specific. Some of the references that you would just assume it's made up or something. But it's like, right. no, that's that's a real middle school. That's, yeah. that's no. Bad. And it only people from this part of the country will understand what Arthur Bryant's means. Even Joe Arthur Gatesnack, the shirt that you're wearing, Patrick, the guy who makes those shirts went to high school with Jason. Yeah, and Jason really. asked him, can I wear this on the show? And his friend Brendan was like, yes, absolutely. And now Brendan can't stop yeah. selling them. They are all yeah. <laughs> He's like, the can I wear this shirt on this Apple TV plus show that's going to be watched by <laughs> millions of people? And I was like, uh, right. yeah. yeah, yeah, you can do that. I'll allow it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> how many people were exactly like me and just got on Google and were like, how can I find this shirt? Right. <laughs> everybody did that. Yeah. Everybody totally. did that. A couple uh, people well, binged it, but everybody else Googled it. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So Dan, where are you from then? I didn't know you were had only been here a year and a half. Yeah, actually the two maps in my apartment are where I live now and where I'm from originally. So Philadelphia, the Philadelphia area is where home is, which was a natural transition because I grew up when Andy Reid was the coach of the Eagles. So coming here now, I love Big Red. So it's easy to root for the Eagles and the Chiefs. But when they play each other in in two weeks, I'm going to have to root for my hometown team. Uh, Hey, producer's note. This is Patrick. I just want to say this episode was recorded on September 23rd before the Chiefs and Eagles game, which obviously ended with the Chiefs winning 42-30 to over the Eagles. I'm sorry, Dan, but go Chiefs. All right, back to the show. Touchdown, Kansas City! I'm going to say you might be the perfect person to ask this question. Quick trip or Wawa? Wawa, 100%. You don't even have to think about it. No! Not wow. even! I'm loyal to the hometown okay. shop. Yeah, I like Wawa a lot. For me, it's close, but I guess maybe that says, maybe I, yeah. yeah. For me, it's pretty close. That deli counter, I mean, like... Oh, it's so close. Uh, the coffee's way better too. Uh, Wawa's coffee is so much better than Quick Trip. I feel like 100%, this is but I'm, I do love QT now that I've been here for a while. Yeah, so yeah. I like it's both. like a good substitute at least. Like it scratches the itch of Wawa. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it, gets it gets the job done. It gets the job done. No question. Uh, I'll great. go number five. I, I'm going to go with the Crown and Anchor, which is the pub that they hang out. And uh, I just love the vibes in there. There are so many great scenes. The, the way that they have, you know, like the group of fans, the trio who like, I guess, slight spoilers. I won't go heavy spoilers, but slight spoilers for this yeah. Yeah. episode like got a little bit more featured and a little more backstory than we've ever had before i love yeah. watching them watch the game i love that dart scene in season one i mean like, oh that's yeah the best okay. the show. And, uh, yeah so i just i love the crown and anchor as somebody who visited england before i think they just really nailed the aesthetic and vibe of a, of a hometown english pub and I, I just love it i love it i wish it was a real place i could visit like harry potter world at universal studio <laughs> <laughs> and it certainly helps that they shot the show in london so they were yep. right there yep. so yeah you're right they really the production design of the show is really quite good with its attention to detail. Totally agree. Is it my turn to do number five now? Number five. Go for it, dude. Yeah. So my number five is, and I won't go too heavy spoilers for people that aren't totally caught up, but my number five is Ted's backstory finally revealed in season two. He drops the first hint about where it goes in that dark scene. And when you find out about what happens to Ted as a teenager, and then you go back and watch the show, which I did before this episode, I went back and watched a bunch of scenes season one and they sprinkle breadcrumbs throughout it's in there it's in there and to finally get that payoff in season two everything about that character makes so much more sense 
Jones yeah. becomes so much more three-dimensional and complex, and it kind of just brings home who this guy is. Totally. He's not just this happy, optimistic, positive coach, which he is. He's a much more fleshed out, you know, human being when you finally find out what happens to him and his teams. That one scene, and I think I can say this without making it a spoiler, because there's, I'll, I'll not say the spoiler part, but right after when he just says, like, I just wanted to tell you I don't want to talk about it. That's such a human moment. It's so human and just like, wow. Yeah. Wow. And I appreciate how the show depicts the process of therapy. Yep. Because I think a lot of people are finding out about it in the last year. <laughs> right now. Yeah. Yeah. So something happened. Not to be flippant about parent. it, but yeah. as someone who started seeing a therapist this year, I yep. appreciate it even more. Yep. So. Yep. <laughs> no, the whole relationship with the therapist is fantastic. It's all mm-hmm. really great. Um, yeah. Uh, every, everything you said totally hit the nail on the head. It's this, the, the, there are breadcrumbs sprinkled throughout. And that is kind of the most impressive thing about the show, too, is that it started out kind of as these series of commercials for NBC yeah. Sports. Like, I honestly didn't think they were very good commercials either. I thought they were kind of dumb. <laughs> But like, so and when I found out they're making a show, I'm like, that's going to be really bad. Why would they do that? Why would they make a show about this? And they've made, they've managed to make it just a really positive, feel good show and have that has human moments. Yep. It does. It does. It's not just this, you know, sugary thing. There's a lot more there, which I think is great. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Patrick, number four now, right? Yeah. Which that, that ties into my number four, which is actually just the fact that it's um, a ray of positivity. It's positive. Yeah. And funny. Yeah, 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 yeah. And every week it's like a, a pre COVID hug, you know, when you, when you about it. Yeah, I just love it. I mean, and I know that it's gotten some uh, some flack online this year for um, whatever, maybe being too positive or being over-recognized for being positive and feel good. But I mean, it's actually a very clever and funny show. It's extremely well-written. It's, uh, I mean, all the praise is well-deserved. I mean, I understand anything gets too popular, right? People are just going to start shitting on it. That's just what yeah. happens. Uh, yeah. That's just how the internet works. <clears throat> I would disagree with all that. And I still feel like yeah. the second season's been very good. It's hard to live up to the first season. I mean, the first season kind of stands on its own as this kind of perfect little piece of storytelling, but I just want to keep knowing what happens to Ted Lasso. So I'm, I'm on board. Great, great way of putting it. You enjoy spending time with these characters every Friday or Saturday or Sunday when you watch it. Yeah, yeah, totally. And yeah, and then like you said, like the characters at the bar, it's like, yeah, I would like to hang out with those people at that bar. I would like to, you know, I would would like that bartender to make fun of me and give me shit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I mean, it's just, yeah, it's a world you want to hang out in and it's, yeah, it's just a very funny, feel good, half hour sometimes 42 minutes sometimes whatever it's uh, different lengths because you can do yeah. that on streaming yeah that's my number four so Ben how about you Ben? I'm gonna go with Juno Temple Emmy nominee Juno Temple who I think I'm, and the reason I'm saying Ju- Juno and not Keely I want to be really clear is that I think Keely could be a pretty flat girlfriend character that you know like we've seen it before especially in like you know uh, uplifting sports movies like her whole job is either just there to be like uh, a measuring stick for how far the character has fallen or how well they've grown. window dressing and, and right she is this three-dimensional character but i don't know that the writing always makes her that i think oftentimes juno temple finds a way to, to deliver a line in a way that gives it depth i think she finds ways to just make you wonder what's going on in keely's head and so that's why i am going to specifically shout out juno as opposed to keely who i, I love keely she's maybe like number 25 but number four is going to be juno temple specifically yeah, it's a great performance absolutely yeah and like she was someone too that had been 
in a bunch of movies and stuff before that like I'd, I'd recognize and I just uh, I didn't realize how much uh, stuff I'd seen her in before but yeah she's great on the show she did not win an Emmy but I mean I think everyone from the show was but she, but she lost to the actress uh, like she lost like, to Hannah Waddingham yeah, exactly it's, it's better like, to lose to yeah yeah right? exactly. exactly yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Who's, yeah who's also great but no Gina Temple is an incredible actress uh, just yeah the range on her is uh, is amazing so that's that's a great pick my turn now for number four yeah Dan what do you got? I think the relegation end to season one yeah is yeah. it's so appropriate and perfect because spoiler alert but season one came out last year so I'm not that worried about it they yeah. tie Man City and you think it's all gonna work out but the way I as I was watching it I was like this is too easy and there's this pit in your stomach where you're like something's not gonna go well and seconds later Ted Lasso's own coaching is the reason for their relegation which I thought was so great the extra pass from Jamie Tart leads to the game-winning goal and they get relegated out of the Premier League and it was a really great metaphor I think for what we've all been experiencing over the last year and a half we are trying our damnedest to get through this and then something else comes up yeah and then something else comes up again and even the locker room speech after the loss they're like we need a 10 second memory and we need to move past this and we'll come back next year and try and get ourselves back into the premier league i just thought i'm glad that the writers did not make it this perfect happy ending them losing was the right way to end it yeah it's very empire strikes back like you're like wow that's a pretty big blow like what's gonna happen to basically everyone you know like right it's a really uh heavy ending it's not dark but it's it is heavy no like the ramifications you feel the gravity of it even deep into season two there's like two more episodes i think and we're still feeling the the ripple effect of that finale yeah yeah definitely i remember watching that and i just kind of i assumed that it was just going to be a happy ending just because of you know the show being what it is i was very happy to be wrong i was just like wow that's that's a perfect ending that's really really good that's you know incredibly human yeah it is and to see where they go from there and especially after rebecca fesses up to ted about why she brought him over there yeah yeah and you think everyone's finally moving in a positive direction character wise and then they're throwing this enormous curveball and it tees up season two so well too so and that actually that uh ties into my number three too which is that it helped me understand the rules of european football you know what i'll i'll agree to that a little bit like yeah 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 like when you said they got relegated out of the league i had no idea that's what happened and now I, i understand that and i'm like oh wow so that actually is like devastating to watch as a fan i feel like your team yeah loses that. i was like i had no idea so that's, that's and that then on the flip side you that. see teams get promoted yeah you yeah. see these tiny little teams that have been fighting all year in the second tier and they get promoted rules. and that is not a thing that happens in american professional sports not at all which i think is so fascinating i am not a premier league guy i do not have a club but ted lasso has like kind of like increased my interest in the league in general yeah. and maybe i'll yeah. land on a team soon but yeah. patrick i think you're so right american soccer fans who maybe are not familiar with English football, it does help you understand it a lot more. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like, that is like a really cool thing. Like that would be interesting to see in American sports. Cause I mean, it definitely gives you a little more stake in the game too. Cause it's like, yeah, you can either get promoted to a better, like bigger league, or you can, you know, move on down to a smaller one. Like that's, that's tough. And I, I think just, the only sport where you could see that happen is college football. Sure. Sure. Power five, you know, yeah. you know, the oh, yeah, yeah. smaller conferences and get promoted. You know, I would like to see it to the happen to the Raiders, though. It'd be pretty dope if we could uh, relegate the, the Raiders. Just bye bye. It's not too far. Oh, man. Sorry, Derek. Get him out of here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Are we on threes? My threes? threes? Sir. 
for me is Danny Rojas. Uh, I don't remember the last time a fictional character made such an impact on me with such little screen time. In season one, he has like six lines and he has like nine scenes. And I walked out of season one being like, I love this fictional character. I need more of him. The fact that it opened with a very Danny centric episode made me so happy because it was like, this was the one number one guy from last season that we needed more of. And I love him. I love getting to know him more and more Uh, slight spoilers, but like when, when uh, the dark thing happens at the start of season two and he's kind of going through his montage, the scene where he's like in bed with two women and like weeping, (laughs) like it's just like, it's so funny watching him be broken and like go from a football is life to football is death you know like uh it, and then he becomes and, and the line, football the line is life and death at the same time exactly at the end of the <laughs> at the end of the therapy stage like well i learned that while football uh, football is life football is also death <laughs> you know like, so good uh so yeah, yeah. Danny Rojas, and that um, actor came out of nowhere dude i know uh, yeah and the actor is great too uh, the, this is where i'm flipping it on juno is that like i think specifically the way they've sprinkled the character in and out is is brilliant and i love him and just having him be the exact opposite of jamie tart it makes him such an interesting foil considering they're both strikers and yeah i just love it i just love it yeah yeah it's, it's so pick. fun watching him on screen yep. yeah he's he's hilarious and it's like i think the only other show i can think of like this would be like deep where it's like the show just has a really deep bench where even like the sixth funniest character on the show would probably be the funniest character on any other show yeah like when sam richardson shows up in season three or four of veep and you're like oh my gosh there's another funny person now like right. yeah <laughs> that's a great comparison yeah <laughs> so it's yeah the, the cast is just like it's so stacked in, in all directions that even yeah the people that have just minimal scenes make the most of it all but, right uh, my number yeah, three yeah my number three roy kent everything about my number two everything about roy kent. and he's i will tie in the yeah, performance yeah, 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 yeah. too oh yeah he's here he's there he's every he's, talking yeah. where roy kent um the character <laughs> and the performance i think are just so perfect and the way brett goldstein is able to have this gruff rough vulgar exterior and literally gets his niece in trouble for cursing too much at one point. <laughs> I love that scene. but you see even in season one this vulnerable emotional rich interior that he has he's reading to her in bed he's there for her he you know talks to her in the car about how he wants to be present just that whole performance is so great and it is genuinely funny. He yes, has yes. some just insanely gut, you know, shaking moments where you are dying laughing because he has these one-liners and zingers and it's just such a great character. And to see his, you know, progression in season two after he retires from the sport, yeah. I think is great. So sometimes everything about Roy Ken is my number three. Sometimes his one-liners and zingers are just grunts too. <laughs> like, like, oh yeah. Or even just like one word. Boy. Like that's yeah. it. <laughs> I just loved that when his niece got in trouble, she was like, I cussed that kid out because he's a bully you taught me that you know it was such a good reflection of roy's heart that, that like even the ugly side of him there's a beauty to it and he, she's like yeah the dude's a jerk that's why i got yeah i'm gonna apologize for it his heart's Love in it. the right place you know so yeah roy is roy is one of the best parts of that show hands down yeah, absolutely excellent pick yeah i think one of my favorite scenes is when he takes his niece to uh try to find a dentist yes oh my god so it's like christmas day right yeah. yeah yes it's the christmas episode oh my gosh 
much. Amazing. He's like, um, you're not a dentist? No, they leave. <laughs> and I think that like, just from watching a bunch of interviews, it sounds like uh, Brett Goldstein was a writer on the show first. And then, and he was just like, hey, you know what? I think I can play this guy. <laughs> that rules. I love that. Which yeah. Because he was right. He's fantastic. He was right. Yeah. He won an Emmy. <laughs> he just won an Emmy. Yeah. He, so. And he earned that Emmy. He earned, yes, that was he a stat category this year. Yeah. And he earned that Emmy. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Um, well, that's easy then. My number two then is going to be Jason Sudeikis as Ted Lasso. And I'm just picking yeah. Jason Sudeikis for obvious reasons. He is, you know, it's his character. He's from Kansas City. Um, his uncle is George Wynn, which is just a fun fact. So shout out Norm on Cheers. I have an uncle George Wynn, but it's a different George Wynn. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for, real. for real, though. Well, I mean, he's yeah, deceased, like, but had, I guess, present. No, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. I love Jason Sudeikis. He does, the, you know, all a whole bunch of stuff for uh, Kansas City with uh, Big Slick. And uh, what was the, you know, he the music show that he does every oh, year? Thundergong, right? Thundergong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, just a super cool, nice guy, all about Kansas City. Again, sprinkling in all his love for Kansas City throughout the show. So, yeah, Jason Sudeikis as Ted Lasso. That's my number two. Great choice. How about you, Ben? Uh, uh, Roy Kent was my number two. So, back to you, Dan. <laughs> you got you to gotta go in a little bit more depth. I mean, what else can I say? I hope I didn't take yeah, everything. He's here, he's there, he's every fucking where. You know, I mean, that's that's all I got. I mean, like, uh, I'll say, here's a weird one. Here's a word. I'll, I'll just bear myself. I'm a hairy dude. And in media, there's not a lot of, like, handsome hairy dudes. Like, you have, have got to go back to, like, Sean Connery is James Bond and he's he's got this hairy chest and he's a good looking man and I'm like I feel represented a little bit I like that I love, I'll be I love honest. it us hairy Chewbacca guys we, you know we have feelings too so so I, I like that you know uh yeah I like that he's a bear it's it's fun to see a fellow bear on screen <laughs> my turn now for number two yeah yeah sure. um Rebecca uh is yeah. my number two and yeah. Hannah Waddingham's performance I think and going back and watching season one they really do establish her as the villain on the show yeah because yeah. she hires him only to get back at her ex-husband she is willing to abuse and use any and everyone inside that building to get back at her ex-husband and to see her progression from that to getting on board to supporting the team to getting herself out there and dating in season two and mending her broken heart i actually went back and listened to an interview that hannah waddingham did for npr and she was very open about the fact that she was in an abusive verbally abusive relationship and there's a moment in season one where she's talking to Ted about the deterioration of Rebecca's uh, relationship with Rupert and she said he told me what to do what to wear what to eat and I listened to him and to know that the actress went through something similar to that and brought yeah. it to her performance was just yeah, so striking to me. Real. It yeah. really was. And to see her go from a villain to a leading female character that we want to support and are rooting for, yeah. that's my number two um, with this show because she won an Emmy, absolutely deserved it. And people forget, she's been doing this for a really long time. She's, she's, she's a more... star in the West End. She's been yeah. in movies and TV she's shows. Most people only know her as the shame lady from Game of Thrones. Yeah, exactly. But she's much more than that. She's a smokestack, man. Like we're talking about how hot how hot Brett Goldstein is. Man, she's a smokestack. Like gorgeous 47-year-old woman. That, she really she is. That dress for that date that I won't spoil who it's with, but like, man, like I was like, my wife and I were like, she's gorgeous. <laughs> like she wow. objectively is. No, she's <laughs> just she's wonderful and her performance is so rich and layered. And that's my that was an easy number two for me. Totally. For sure. 
Definitely. You know, speaking of Game of Thrones, I actually feel like the way that they have taken her from antagonist to protagonist is very Game of Thrones. The way that you'll see a character like in one season be at, at odds with another character and then you get to see them from another vantage point. Uh, very Game of Thrones, actually. Yeah, it's a great comparison for sure. Yeah, and that's definitely a testament to her performance as well. The fact that, you know, you want to like her after that, because I mean, yeah. that was quite a twist in the, that first episode when that's, you know, you find out why she brought Ted in. Oh, yeah, that's honestly. the hook. You know, honestly, yeah. that's the hook at the end of the first episode. You're like, oh, Hold this it. is a trap. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And like, and you was... start to see her turn throughout season one. And then at the end, she finally does. But yep. she's not all the way there until the end of season one. Like, she's desperately trying. We're okay to, I can't curse on TV. I can curse in this form. Oh, she's desperately trying twice, to fuck so over yeah. her <laughs> Desperately. And then she finally, it finally flips. There are like even unspoken moments that she has where she doesn't say anything and yeah. you know exactly where she's at. Yeah, that's a great pick. She's amazing. Um, all right. So then we're on to number ones. Yeah. Have at it, All right. Well then, okay. It's kind of already been talked about a little bit. This was my way of cheating and kind of picking two people, but I'm going with like Roy and Keeley's relationship. Yeah. Great choice. Yeah. That's a great, great choice. But again, this was mainly an excuse to talk about both how attractive they are, both how good they are. Right. They're incredible <laughs> actors. Yeah. They're both so good looking. It's incredible to see them on screen together. I love it. Yeah. And just their whole dynamic is great. I mean, when he's, you know, sitting there reading the Da Vinci Code and just can't believe what he's reading and she's trying to like work on her computer. It's great. I, I just love their relationship. I love them together. But to see, you see their relationship from the beginning because we start with Keely and Jamie Tart together right and here comes Roy Kent swooping in and then you see they have some rough moments in season two also yeah you know? and I like that they show us you know sometimes when you've got like in romantic comedies and stuff like that there's like the guy who's gonna get broken up with and, and he's just like a villain or whatever and like I think they actually try really hard to show why Keely would be with Jamie you know like you see the why it's not a good relationship long term but you at least see the attraction and the appeal whereas like I think sometimes uh when, when there's a situation like that where you know you're trying to make the audience want them to be with like uh like I love the office but like we we don't ever like Roy actually until like way later in the show like you're uh-huh. you're not you are just truly rooting for Jim to get with Pam but like I think mm-hmm. they did a good job with Jamie you're like I don't know that I'm necessarily rooting for them to stay together but you do feel bad for Jamie and you kind of want him to find happiness they do a good job there yeah and we haven't even talked about that performance yet which is a testament to the show that there are a lot of there are a lot of mouths to feed but oh, yeah to see why Jamie is the way he is and how his father abuses him verbally. Oh, dude. It's horrible how his father And, and we have, have a reason to believe physically. You know, like, we don't see it, but... Absolutely. Even that one scene, you know, like, yeah. Whew. Yeah. No, you're right. Um... No, it's a great choice for number one, Patrick, to see the the chemistry between the two of them is really special, for sure. Yeah, and now, I'm just now realizing that there are a lot of people with uh, dad issues on Ted Lasso, because that was also one of the other yeah. things we haven't talked oh, about. Oh, yeah. it's a theme. It's a theme. Yeah, for sure. That's my number one. So then, Ben, we'll go to you, bud, for your I'm going to go with uh, my, my hippie, dippy Jim Henson answer, kindness. I just love the kindness on the show. I like the way that conflict unfolds, because I think it's realistic. People People hurt each other's feelings and then they say, I'm sorry I did that. And then people say, I forgive you, but you can't do that again. That hurt, you know? And I think that there are so few things that I've seen and read where people so realistically and I think authentically hurt each other and then try to make amends for it and try to cheer each other up and make each other's 
days better and sometimes fail. Sometimes you try to tell your friend, Hey, you seem like you're in a dark place. You need help. And then they walk away and flip you off, you know? And like, I just think that that accurate portrayal of kindness and love is underrated and is very hard to write, very hard to write because there is just a razor between that and life, lifetime movie of the week. There's just a razor thin margin between like a truly authentic, sweet thing and going fully saccharine and making it some lifetime Christmas movie. And I, I think it's uh, underratedly difficult to make a show that's that kind and processes human emotions and feelings like that with such authenticity. It's kindness with accountability, right? Absolutely. And, and that's really hard exactly. to portray on screen. I totally agree. And they do it really well. Before this show, Parks and Recreation was the closest I'd seen to this, but I yeah. think this has even one more degree of human gravity and realism to it, personally. That's a great comparison. And really quick, can we just discuss the online discourse about Ted Lasso and why yeah. there is so much negative press yeah. around it. I am still I am still struggling to figure out where it came from and why it's there. And this podcast isn't like a propaganda machine. We're not telling you you yeah. need to watch this show. If you do and you don't like it, that's okay. Yeah, that's fine. We watched it, we like it, and we want to talk about it. And if you yeah. don't like it, that's okay. Like what yeah. you like. That's totally. it. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I, so. I'm with you big time. It's like, why are we trying to yuck other people's yums? Like, come on, no one gets hurt from liking a TV show. Like, Yeah, it's become this big thing. And it's like, it's a television show. This isn't yeah. a big thing. People yeah. can like it or not yeah. and, and move on. Maybe but, it's because there aren't any big things going on in our world right now. We have such, we're living <laughs> in such a boring time, you know, that people just... Yeah. Nothing going on. I can't name a single like worldwide event or like global warming crisis or anything like that that's happened anytime recently. Status quo, everything's fine. (laughs) Just Ted Lasso. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Is it my turn for number one? Dan, what's your number one? Um, I think it was already mentioned. It's Jason Sudeikis' love of Kansas City on screen. That is my number one thing. And I want it quick disclaimer again. I am not from here. I moved here in April of 20, but... I have learned very fast that this city loves what it is, who it is, and not what it isn't. It's not Chicago. It's not trying to be Chicago. It's not any other big city. And the way I describe it to people is that Kansas City is a confident city with a chip on its shoulder. Yeah. Oh, Um, big chip. Big old chip. Something to prove. (laughs) This city's got something to prove, but it knows exactly what it is. And to see someone from here with the platform that he does, putting an Arthur Bryant barbecue sauce bottle on screen. Yeah. yeah. His desktop background is the restaurant. Yes. In one scene in season one, he name drops an elementary school from here. Just these little odes to the city, wearing his friend's t-shirts. And even the inspiration behind the character is his former high school basketball coach at Shawnee Mission West High School. Yep. So... To see him take all of his life experiences from here and put it into his character is just so rewarding for people that are from here. And Kansas City should be pretty proud of itself. For, and I think it's also what makes the show such a phenomenon because I'm sure that it would appeal to British audiences, but I think it helps to an American audience who maybe isn't used to watching shit like British shows and BBC and stuff like that. Having this Midwest heart makes it unapologetically American too. And it really is this yin and yang where you do have these two different cultures really molded together to make it exactly what it is. And I think the specificity of what it is is part of why it's so big and why people love it. It so much and, and sure. yeah 
that's that's my number one and and to and not only that just to see him getting all the accolades that he's getting yeah. all the awards yeah, that he's won there. yeah 100 percent. he comes back here and gives a lot back to his community his family still lives here his friends still live here he knows exactly where he came from and he is not ashamed to tell people about it which i yeah. think is great love it so yeah that's such a good pick it's yeah He's he's the best. He's done a lot for Kansas City. Yeah, yeah, and continues to do so, like you said. So it's 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 really cool yeah. to see that stuff out there. You're right, Kansas City people. We love Kansas City. So to see it like represented in such a cool way is uh it's awesome. And I think that like uh there was no expectation either. I mean, like uh when the show started, I mean Apple TV Plus really didn't have many shows. Uh I literally was- only watched it because I got an iPhone and it came with a free year of Apple yeah. TV Plus. Like, like right. They, they hooked me. Congrats, Apple. But like, yeah, that, that's the reason I did it. It's because I was like, well, it's literally on my phone. It came on my phone. Why wouldn't I watch it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, it was like this character from a commercial that's going to be on the streaming platform that no one has. And it's just like there were there were no expectations for it either. So it's like the fact that, you know, they knocked it out of the park in such a way that they did is is so cool. Yeah, no, it's it's and it's a it's a company that has an unlimited budget for for stuff like this. <laughs> right. right. Like, like just it's the most valuable company instant. in the world. Yeah. yeah. And they're making their own original content. And what I like is that Apple has clearly given them the budget that they need. And they're like, go and make your own thing. And they're not getting in the way of it. Which yeah, I think is fantastic. and if they're wise, they're going to be going to Breck Goldstein and these other writers and being like, hey, what show would you make if we could make it? Just ask them. See what ideas they have. Why not? Turn the Ted Lasso writing staff into the like Apple TV plus creative network, you know, like make and, those and, people the decision makers. And one other quick thing too, I want to be clear that we're not saying that Ted Lasso is perfect in every way, sure. but they are, they are trying their best and they've got a good thing going here. And it, it is every episode. Great. No, is every moment. Great. No, it's not a perfect show, but they have tapped into something, I think. And you're right. They would be wise to, you know, keep these guys around and develop more shows for them. Absolutely. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's all about making money and people, I know people who got Apple TV plus subscriptions because of the show and other shows that that Apple TV plus has going. So before I let you go here, do you have any like honorable mentions or things that almost made your top five that you'd like to shout out real quick? Yeah. My number six that I I almost squeezed in there was, I I just think that that scene at the end of season one, where they run the lasso special and they line up like an American football team. I just think that's so creative and fun and iconic. And like, you know, I think sometimes TV gets minimized compared to movies in a way in our like culture memories and stuff but if that scene had been in a like a 90s disney feel-good sports movie it'd be like one of the most iconic movie scenes of all time at least in the sports genre so i i I love that moment it's so great and it i think it really kind of summarizes what the show is in like one little bit i really like it a lot great call patrick how about you what's your honorable number six or seven i would say uh coach beard yeah yeah especially after that last episode man yeah and again uh you know the online discourse there were people that were shitting on that episode online i loved it i thought it was great i really enjoyed seeing what it was like you know that just the one night with him and what a fucking crazy night it was and i guess very scorsese yeah yeah yeah. and i heard (laughs) I heard, I guess it was because, yeah, it was like, what was that Scorsese movie that about last night? No. Um, is it? Uh, it is. I just thought because of the tracking shots and stuff. I just thought it was like, kind oh, of yeah. Age, like a, I didn't know it was actually, is it actually an There's homage? Like one Scorsese, Scorsese movie where it's like uh, one guy having like a crazy night. I think. It's oh, like, well then, yeah. Then after it, hours, maybe. That's I so think. funny. I turned to my wife when the episode ended and I was like, I think is that it was mean an to a movie I haven't seen. What it's you say, around Ian? the time of Mean Streets. It's one of the only comedies yeah. that Scorsese's made. Yeah. Yeah. 
But no, I, I just definitely got Scorsese vibes from that one. Absolutely. And I guess an honorable. I know. I was just going to say, I heard online that they added two episodes to the season. So that's why they did uh, that episode with him in one night. And then they added the Christmas episode. So those are why those two episodes kind of stand on their own. That checks yeah, it's out. a 12 that's episode out. season compared to 10 in yeah. season one. Kind of deviates just a little. Yeah. I'm trying to think what else, what other honorable mentions I have. I have like a running list of stuff. Um, Jamie Tart. I think I think yeah. seeing his yeah. character arc as well. Um, Amy, uh, and- spoilers hitting his dad. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, seeing, oh my seeing, god, seeing that unfold and him being welcomed back to the team. If I may, my bold prediction is I think Coach Nate's going to go be the head coach of a rival club. That's my Ooh, like bold. That season. would be, and that's what season three is at least partially about. That's my that I'm would be totally wrong, but yeah, Ooh, I like that. I like that. that. That's a good call. Um, yeah. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for doing this. Before I let you yeah. go. I'll- give you the floor here to let people know what you have going on where they can find you uh online so uh ben i don't know you want to go first what's yeah uh, i run i own and run the the rhino which is a music comedy and comedy club my and my my daughter ruby's wonderful um uh yeah we've got shows there most nights of the week open mics for uh, music and comedy on tuesdays and wednesdays ruby has this pink hat which is purple. it's very cute and uh uh just a tease for like a ways out but i'm starting to write a graphic novel with my friend allison lassiter who's a local really talented cartoonist and uh looking forward to it it's it's gonna oh, yeah. be about if birds ran the world in like a post-apocalypse it's weird but uh yeah so look for that in like i don't know 18 months <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome i love that uh dan how about you man where can people find you online i am at dan cohen tv on twitter i'm at dan r cohen on instagram and you can watch me if you're up at the crowd of dawn from 5 to 7 a.m. on KSHB 41 as one of our morning reporters. Got some fun things in the works over the next few weeks. We're obviously busy with football season with the Chiefs. So uh, yeah, that's where folks can find me uh, on TV and online. And um, again, being here in Kansas City has been great. Only been here since April of 2020 and already feeling like I'm at home and, and I yeah, appreciate welcome. everyone being so welcoming. Thank you. Awesome. Case in point. Thank you. One of us. <laughs> one of us. <laughs> All right, that was it, Casey. Top five favorite things about Ted Lasso. Happy Ted Lasso Day, everyone. Hope you enjoyed the finale. I have not watched it yet because I didn't want to be biased when I recorded this, so I didn't say anything, but I hope it was good. I bet it was. This has been a really great season. Thank you so much to Dan Cohen and Ben Went for being on the show. I had a great time talking to you two gentlemen. Hopefully, you both come back. If you would like to follow either of them on social media, their information is in the description of this episode. As always, thank you to Kansas City band Dog Lava for letting me use your music. Be sure to check them out on Spotify and follow them on Instagram at Dog Lava. And I will now recap everyone's list here real quick. At number five, Dan had Ted's backstory. Number four, the end of season one. Number three, Roy fucking Kent. Number two, Rebecca. And number one, Jason Sudeikis' love of Kansas City. At number five, Ben had Crown and Anchor Pub. Number four, Juno Temple. Number three, Danny Rojas. Number two, Roy fucking Kent. And number one, Kindness. And at number five, I had the Kansas City references. At number four, I had Positivity. At number three, I had It Helped Me Understand European Football, finally. Number two, Jason Sudeikis as Ted Lasso. And number one, Roy and Keeley's relationship. That is it for KC Top 5 this week. On behalf of The Pitch, Ben Went, Dan Cohen, and myself, have a great weekend. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. This was a production of The Pitch Podcast Network. 
The Pitch is Kansas City's independent source for news and culture. Check out thepitchkc.com to see more podcasts from us, including information for how to subscribe to The Pitch or become a sustaining member. Story ideas or feedback? Write to tips at thepitchkc.com. Pitch in and we'll make it through.